Welcome to the Kinder Lights Podcast. It's all about raising the profile of early learning and celebrating wonderful kindergarten educators as they share stories of their highs, lows, and some of the wild fun in between. You'll hear unvarnished truths and advice about teaching in kindergarten learning spaces shared by educators who are lights of hope, joy, and love for their students. And now, here's your host, a man who spent the final three years of his 30-year career as a kindergarten teacher, Chris Quinn. Hello and welcome to all Kinder Lights podcast listeners. I am really excited to be welcoming Michelle Van Houten. Michelle is my eighth guest on the podcast. She is living in Woodsley, Ontario. Michelle has always been a creative person. Her earliest memories are of drawing every single day. She was fortunate to have spent her childhood deeply connected to nature, exploring the forest that surrounded her home. Michelle delighted in the changing of the seasons and spent many hours outdoors in play with her siblings. She has a love of the visual arts and anything creative. Michelle graduated from university with a four-year honors degree in visual arts with a major in painting and a minor in photography. She has spent 26 years teaching kindergarten joyfully in the company of amazing and inspiring children. Within her own pedagogical reflections and thinking, Michelle continues to explore the interconnected relationships between children, creativity, materials, and the natural world. And I will add Michelle's contact information to the show notes. And now I'm honored to welcome Michelle Van Houten to the Kinder Lights podcast. Thank you for joining me today, Michelle. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm delighted to be here. So just as a refresher to our listeners or to those who are listening for the first time, the format for our discussion will be structured around our LIGHTS acronym, with each letter referencing something from the educator's early years kindergarten experiences. So Michelle, we'll begin with the first letter in the acronym, and that's L. And L stands for LAUGH could be a humorous moment or something that has made you smile in your experience. Well, I'm thrilled to um, share that. I think it's very important that we have to not take ourselves too seriously, especially in kindergarten. There are lots of humorous and funny moments um, with the children. But mine is from several years ago, and I was... um, In the art studio, the art studio is a huge part of my classroom. We spend lots of hours engaged in amazing things with the children. And um, it brings me so much joy, that space. And we were working with glitter glue. And, um, you know, any kindergarten teacher knows that children get very excited when you bring the glitter glue out. (laughs) It's uh, possibly a a highlight of their moments. And the glitter glue bottle um, was not releasing the glitter glue, the nozzle was stuck. And so I was shaking it like up and down. And um, as I placed it back on the table, it um, exploded out of the top and it (laughs) shot straight up and hit the ceiling, if you'll believe that. So kindergarten classrooms have a very high ceiling. Mm -hmm. And so it was all over the ceiling and all over the table. And um, after we kind of got over the shock that 
you know, we decorated the ceiling and cleaned it up. Uh, We just moved on. But probably the most funny part about it was that because it was up on the ceiling tile, I couldn't, I couldn't clean it. It's, it's still there. So every year (laughs) never fails. Eventually the children look up and they kind of go, hmm, miss, like how, how, how did that get up there? It's, uh, you know, like a point of wonder. So tell me something. When that first happened, I am very interested in knowing more about your students' response to what happened. They were laughing hilariously. (laughs) Hilarious. They were like, mess, like you just got glitter all over the place. Talking about glue that gets stuck. I was a grade five student and we had an art class going on and I had a bottle of glue. It wasn't glitter glue. It was just white glue. And I couldn't get it to work no matter what I did. But I bent over, I put it between my knees and my hands, and I squeezed as hard as I could. (laughs) It let go. The lid let go. And I had glue, not on the ceiling. I had glue all over my face. I was covered in glue. (laughs) You brought Uh, back that memory for me. (laughs) And for you to have that story every year to share with your kids when they ask, what's that on the ceiling and why is it there? (laughs) That's great. It's a great way to open the show. The second letter in our acronym is I, and that's an interest. So can you pick something that kind of stands out for you as an interest in kindergarten? The day is open to so many possibilities. What I love most about kindergarten is that it's responsive to the children, responsive to their interests. You can follow their lead and support their learning. And so why I've spent... 26 years, absolutely thrilled with being able to work with kindergarten children and their families is that there's so many opportunities within the children's place to be creative. So my own creativity and the children's creativity and, and building that relationship and, and the growth that happens. So kindergarten is an amazing period of time where there is so much developmental growth and things that the children can revisit and continue to learn about and how you can support that within the creative arts too, right? So my passion, my visual arts background, I feel is like just a a, a blessing in, in kindergarten. Yeah, you certainly put your passion to great use in a kindergarten classroom. The day truly is open to so many possibilities for you as teacher as well as for, uh, for our students. And you're right about the responsiveness of the program itself and what the teacher brings and the early childhood educator brings to the children in the classroom. And that's, to me, one of the beauties of the program, that sense of responsiveness um, to who they are, to what their interests are, and also, of course, to what they need. The G in our acronym is always a fun one. This is a gaff, although we had a little bit of a laugh at the beginning, but this is a gaff or a gasp. So it could be something that's a personal blunder on your part in your experience, or it might be something that really, really shocked you. When I went for my interview to get hired for the school board, I was very, very nervous. So ever since I was... A little girl, I had always wanted to be a teacher. So it was so, so important to me that everything went really, really well. And um, I was 
feeling not well. I was in the parking lot. I was trying to psych myself up. So I go into the board office and telling myself, you can do this. I had been practicing. So I get in the interview room and I sit down and the superintendents are there and in the interview panel and I do the interview and I think it goes fairly well. And I'm like, okay, I did it. And on the way out the door, there was a little garbage can by the door and I ran right into the garbage can and knocked all the contents all over the floor. And I was shocked and I proceeded to pick up all the garbage and put it back in the pail and put the garbage pail back. And I went, thank you very much. I hope I have to hear from you. And so, yeah, I would say that was probably the most shocking thing that could happen during my interview. And um, thankfully they, they, they did hire me and it's been a wonderful 26 years. So. So Michelle, you were really proactive in response oh, to what happened. I, I mean, you cleaned it I all did. up. I'm like, sure they must it. have been impressed. <laughs> I got this. It's all good. Wow. So that is, um, it's an important memory in many ways. I mean, that's yes. the very beginning of your, uh, you know, just before your career started. Okay, we're going to move on to H. Now, H is kind of a highlight. So when you look back on your career, Something that stands out for you as a highlight uh, based on your experiences. So I think for me, um, being introduced to and diving deeper into the thinking from the schools in Reggio Emilia um, has definitely been a highlight. It really brought my beliefs about children and learning and play kind of in a full circle moment. And um, I taught. JK for 15 years before really diving into the thinking behind Reggio Emilia and of course, you know, play-based learning when that was coming um, to the forefront and learning about that. And I think that whole experience, those first couple of years where I was up till two o'clock in the morning, reading as many articles as I could, every book I could get my hand on sort of just validating all those things about the child and honoring the child and they're capable and competent and, you know, relationships are important and how we observe them and, you know, being introduced to documenting learning in that way from that sort of asset lens and, you know, that and then inquiry and incorporating all of that into, you know, kindergarten and and those experience that learning brought so many highlights with the children as we sort of delved into these big inquiry moments. And, you know, I can remember they became interested in the ballet. And so we were dancing to Swan Lake every day and their, their interests and being able to sustain them for months on end, just offering them new materials and, and new experiences and revisiting thinking with them has been so, so amazing and so, so powerful, right? As we sort of learn alongside them. And and I can remember, you know, at the end of this ballet inquiry, we laid um, brown, uh, like craft paper, big, huge, probably six foot length in the middle of the hallway. And we projected um, Swan Lake on the wall and we dipped their feet in paint and allowed them to sort of like paint, paint the ballet, like see where their dance steps were taking them and that, you know, that is something that I often think about and go, wow, like as if I was honored enough to be able to experience that with that group of children. And, and I have those kind of moments 
every year, right? Where you kind of just get back, sit back and go, wow, that is something that I hope they never forget because I certainly will never, you know, forget that experience with them. That whole play-based learning piece, when you talked about, you know, the, the children's interest driving what's happening in the classroom or even outside of the classroom uh, in the, in the natural world, uh, that, that to me was the, one of the most exciting parts of the whole early years, kindergarten experience. And, and the, you talked about the sustaining of that. Like, so, so the kids' passions, the kids' interests are something that they can continue to pursue. Sometimes it's, uh, hours, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's weeks, mm-hmm. um, where they really have an interest in something. You talked about ballet and some of the things you did with that were incredible. The idea of pain, the pain on the mm-hmm. feet and being able to, I think that's a marvelous thing. Play is so tied to learning and to deep learning. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I, I really, I really appreciate you seeing that as a highlight in your vast career. I mean, you've been at this for 26 mm-hmm. years and for you to be able to identify that and that just doesn't happen. I mean, I know you well enough to know that you're a reflective practitioner yes. and that has come to you in terms of your passion and your interest over time in your own learning. So grateful to you for sharing that. Thank you. Okay, we're at the letter T, and T stands for tip. Words of advice that you could offer to educators. I think, you know, words of advice would be to build a relationship with the children and to build a community around yourself filled with those who are positive. And I think sharing your own gifts and talents with children are important too. So I think, you know, we're, we're people, we're humans, we have interests outside of school and, you know, how those impact, you know, the ways in which we provide opportunities for children are, are important. And I think there's definitely find a balance between school life and, and home life. We as a professional collective, I think if, if we struggle with one thing that stands out most it's what you just identified in terms of finding that balance. I've worked with, and you know of, and you work with so many dedicated professional educators who give their all to our kids. I mean, I think it's essential that we really work at striving to find some level of balance between, you're right, the professional end of things and our personal lives. Connected to that, though, you talked also about sharing who we are with our students. Being authentically you is really important for students to see and hear, in particular in the early years, for kids to understand that, you know, you are a real person, you have a life that is about teaching and and supporting students, but you also have a life outside of the classroom. And you talked about the importance of the relationships, Mm -hmm. investing that time with those individual students we begin to build what you talked about is that positive community. Mm-hmm. Um, as students begin to trust, they become more uh, willing and interested in being part of a larger collective, a larger community in the classrooms. And so those bits of advice you just provided are really the foundations of deep learning. Mm-hmm. The last letter in the acronym is S. Do you have a saying or a quote that you want to leave with our listeners that would help to maybe motivate or inspire them? 
So one of my favorite quotes is from Claude Monet. It's on the strength of observation and reflection that one finds a way. So we must dig and delve unceasingly. And I think if we think of this, you know, in the first part, within our daily lives, on the strength of observation, what do we see? What do we notice? And that whole piece on reflective pedagogy, how does it connect to what we've observed before for ourselves and for our students in our class, right? Like events are not isolated. And I really feel like we're an illumination of our past and we bring that forward to the present. So if we're going to find our way, we're going to find our way together. We're going to, you know, dig and delve and, and we don't give up on each other and, and we do it through, it's a journey, right? Education, life, it's, it's, it's journey and there's connections and we're always moving forward. I think, you know, having a reflective practice and adapting what you learn as you reflect on what has happened is just really such a positive way to sort of bring, you know, your past experience into your relationship with children and and the learning that can happen. When we take the time not only to observe, but the key other component that you mentioned is we have to take the time to reflect. It's not good enough to just be able to observe and take notes and store them away. And then it comes to, mm-hmm. it comes to um, reporting time and we pull those out and put that information down and share it with parents. Uh, but in addition, that reflective practitioner piece, what am I not only learning about my students, but what am I learning about me? Absolutely. You know, in terms of affecting my potential growth and the way that I may need to change or want to change. What a perfect way to end this. So, Michelle, I, just before I wrap it up, I wanted to know uh, if there's anything else you'd like to share with our listeners. Oh, well, I just want to thank you, Chris, for asking me to be a part of this and give me the opportunity to share my experiences in kindergarten. If people want to connect with me, they can always follow me. I'm quite active over on Instagram at uh, Creative Explorations. And on Twitter, I'm at uh, Michelle Creative. Well, I want to take this opportunity to thank you, Michelle. I want to thank you for your time. It's been an honor to engage with you in this conversation. You have had tremendous experience, wonderful experience as a kindergarten educator. And to tap into some of that today has been a real blessing for me. And I want to wish you well as you not only continue in this school year, but as we start to approach the end of the school year and you wrap up this school year. Mm -hmm. So thank you for all of that. That's my pleasure. This has been our May uh, episode of the Kinder Lights podcast. Please plan to listen to us again at the beginning of June. As I talk with an early learning educator leader based in Bangkok, Thailand, the Kinder Lights podcast can be accessed through my Google webpage. That's uh, sites.google.com dot com slash view slash grateful edu 64. It's also available through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, and Pocket Casts. I can be reached on Twitter at Chris Quinn 64 and or Grateful EDU 64. I'm also accessible through Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kinder Lights Podcast. And please do continue to be a light of hope and kindness, especially for those who need it most.